Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Monica, and you're listening to Dr. Monica's Corner on the Exquisite Podcast Radio Network. Today's topic will feature feedback from a few friends of mine who have read my book, Pure Pleasure, a Collection of Erotic Interludes. Please note, given today's topic, erotica, you must be at least 18 years of age to listen in. Before we begin, I'd like to set the table just to give you some understanding of how we will proceed. I've learned over time from my own experiences and from conversations with others that there are folks who live in certain areas like the Bible Belt, and so they have concerns about people knowing that erotica is an interest of theirs. They're quite happy to read and maybe to discuss in small groups, but to, in a more public way, have people know that this is an interest of theirs due to social mores and other issues. They they prefer, let's let's call it a sense of anonymity. So you'll find that sometimes when we're talking about erotica, names of individuals will be used and sometimes not. Most often, I think I will introduce people as coming from certain parts of the country, maybe having other descriptive interests that would lead them to want to participate in the conversation, but not specifics about names and what they do. My guests will come from a variety of backgrounds, and I'm really looking forward to sharing their feedback with you. My first guest is born and raised in New York, Queens in the house, who has lived in Tallahassee for about 17 years now. As you listen and you think about things, jot them down, I'd be really happy if you could text me at 850-273-8408 if you have comments or questions. I would be able to answer you in the next podcast. We, we don't have time during each podcast to answer questions from listeners, but I'm happy to incorporate those into the next podcast. So let's begin, shall we? Hi, Gloria. Thanks so much for joining us. Folks out there, this is my friend Gloria. She's a New Yorker born and raised who has lived in Tallahassee for 17 years now, and she has agreed to talk with us about her feelings about my book, Pure Pleasure, a collection of erotic interludes. So, Gloria, let's yes. start. Let's start. Did you like the book? Yes, Monica. I really enjoyed the book. And what I enjoyed most about the book is actually how you started your interludes by putting the captions on the top to kind of introduce us or kind of interest us into what the interlude was going to be about. Mm-hmm. And I have a few that are really my favorites, and I'll tell you about them. Oh, good. Okay. Um, one of them is just to start with the interlude, and that's 
the back-to-back belly-to-belly, which starts off as sometimes not the generation, the music genre, or the artist matter. There are some songs, some beats, and some lyrics that stir, excite, and touch me. What about you? Um, music has always been a lot, has meant a lot to me in my life. And um, when I was reading this, I actually picked out quite of the music because I think we have some of the same music and artists in in mind together, like your reference to Herb Alper, your reference to Aretha Franklin, but I think mm-hmm. that that usually brings in your interest when you're setting up a mood for something. Mm-hmm. The other... The other one that I was taken with was the one that you call Kissing. Uh And I had a question for you because you said, have you thought about kissing as an art? And how you actually decided to use this and your descriptions of this, what made it interesting to you? That's a good question. Thank you. I think when I started thinking about kissing, what goes into kissing, what do we do, you know, how how does it feel, what's the inside of the mouth feel like as opposed to the outside of the mouth and those kinds of things, I began to realize and think about the fact that some people kiss really well and others just haven't really... I guess I haven't really put some energy into it. Maybe that's the way to say it. And so I thought uh-huh. of the idea, kissing as an art. And and so that the tease, if you will, to, to start folks thinking about that was to talk about, have you thought about kissing as an art? Because if you're somebody that feels really good about how you do it, you might want to read it to get the affirmation. And if... Maybe you feel like you could use some tips. You might be drawn to that particular one. So it's a tease to get the the reader thinking about what what is she going to talk about? What's this one about? Okay. Well, thank you for answering that for me. And as I said, I'm going to pick out a couple that were my favorites. And the other one is is called the party. Mm-hmm. And what your statement is 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 really it really is about permission and when to give it. And what I thought about this one basically is the fact that um, I like the fact that there there's the unknown to this. There are no names or no faces, or you're not imagining anyone in particular in this, so that it comes as a fact of of you can actually um, use your own imagination and put whoever you want to in that thing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the thing for me, and sometimes, Gloria, I don't put a title until I finish it sometimes. And in this one, and I don't want to go into what the twists and turns are to give it away, but as I got to the end, and, and the character was quite uh, daring, if you will, I realized uh-huh. 
that folks would enjoy it more if if there weren't names. That this was just this this um, this foxy woman who was interested in something very different, and I didn't want names and faces and things to get in the way. Okay. As I write, I'm writing for the moment. Um, I, I think. I think that's the reason that up to now I'm doing interludes and not, let's say, a novel, because I want to capture moments in time that are spicy, that are delicious with sexual innuendo or sexual action. Um, and, and so the, the, the dressing of a novel, let's say, or of descriptions of faces and things like that, names. I For that particular one, I didn't go there. Okay. Well, the other thing that I think we, we have in common is the fact that basically being brought up in New York and not actually in a smaller environment, um, I remember my growing up or my teenage and young adulthood is was actually my favorite place was Greenwich Village. And there is basically you had the freedom to find anything you really wanted to read there. I mean, because books were always available that you could actually go and get. And some of them you wouldn't find in your library. So, I mean, you could go and find them at that time down in Greenwich Village. But mm-hmm. I think there may have been some questions that you might have wanted to ask me. Well, again, because I know you, I mm-hmm. wondered about you and language. I wondered okay. how you would respond to that, react to that. Okay. With me and language, as I said, um, As I got older, maybe my language was a little bit um, different, Mm -hmm. but basically my language, uh, (laughs) my language basically was the fact that stupid ass was about as far as I got as I grew up. As I got older, I mean, I have put more words into my vocabulary, but it's the language really because I was exposed to it. I did not use it, but it did not deter me from reading the book um, at all. You know, it did not turn me off from reading the book. And uh, one thing I have to say, really, um, I applaud you for writing it because basically most people believe that the feelings end at 40 and 50, and normally they don't, and that it's still there for you if you want it. So I was very happy that you had taken this chance to actually bring this out so other people can read. Oh, thank you, Gloria. Because, you know, I think that, and I don't know if it's society or culture, but you're right. There are people who feel that when they get to 40 or 50 years old that, you know, that jig is up, it's over. And my interest is in helping people to understand, as you're saying, the feelings are there and, and your body can respond if you want it to and your body can do if you want it to. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I've challenged myself 
as I'm thinking about this second book, is that I didn't deal with issues about aging. I didn't really focus on that. And I think that what I want to do in the second book is, is have some of the interludes deal with those issues because I think as people get older, those are the things that they're going to have to deal with. And I want them to know that it's there. The, the, the most important sex organ is the brain. And so yeah. it's, it's up to us, you know what I mean? So, oh, great. Thank you so much for saying that. Okay. Yeah. Well, this has been this has been wonderful. And um, any last minute words for the listener? <laughs> any last words for the listener? Um. Uh, let me think. Yeah, to keep your mind open. Keep your mind open Good. as you read. Good for you. Yeah. Huh? Good for you. Yeah, it's a great keep your mind open. Advice. It's a great piece yeah. of advice. Uh, you know, and to be honest, it's a good piece of advice about almost anything you can think of, keeping an open mind. So keeping an open mind you. because yeah. the, the thing of it is that, as you said, you know, you're, as long as you, as long as you have your mind and you have imagination, you don't age. Exactly. That's it. Ah, we must talk again, Gloria. This was great. Okay. Thank you I so enjoyed much. It. So, okay. um, this is with my dear friend Wayne. I've known forever. And he lives in California. So we have had a Northeast person, and now we have a West Coast North person. So, Wayne, what we're talking about today are your thoughts, feelings, responses, questions, as you were reading Pure Pleasure, a collection of erotic interludes. I'd like this to be comfortable and free-flowing, so as the thoughts come to you, feel comfortable to share them. Share these words or these feelings. For example, one of your interludes has to do with naming. Okay? And mm-hmm. uh, I, I like that a lot. It, I thought it was, it was witty. It made the point. It was entertaining, reading. And uh, you could go deeper. I, 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 went, I went, for example, the name of your interlude is What's Your Name? And it was just short, page and a half. And what happens uh, after you've been intimate and how that affects what name you get, what name you are naming uh, uh, the person. And I certainly have had that in my relationships, secret names, deliberately chosen, kept close and secret, only shared when we were making love. Uh, others, other interludes where the emphasis, I think, has been specifically on the names or, or on the words that we used 
especially um, uh, sexual words, uh, I enjoyed a great deal. But by the time I had reached uh, that part of the book, I was pretty much uh, un, uh, uh, freed up, freed up to uh, appreciate and enjoy the use. And it, 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 it again, I have known you um, for uh, many years, and we have had um, um, close relationship. Now we call one another uh, brother, sister. But still, because of the gender difference, there's always going to be a charge with males and females around one another. And so just as uh, I can say to you, I've never used sexual language with any of my sisters uh, because in my house that would have been taboo. I mean, uh, it would have been a taboo to use them publicly too in uh, earshot of my parents. But uh, I think the whole culture uh, needs to revisit uh, language and power of words just like we're revisiting statues and the power of symbols because a word and its its impact on an individual can be quite profound. Uh, I, uh, I grew up uh, and in lots of locker rooms because I was involved in sports for much of my life. Uh, Monica knows you know this, and I found that there wasn't always locker room banter that involved uh, the taboo words, uh, but uh, especially the sexual ones. But I've been in plenty uh, environments where males uh, use. Uh, uh, the, the the MF word and, and the bitch word and the uh, and uh, uh, derogatory uh, sexual language to describe people and to assault people. Uh, I always had trouble with using um, the word fuck because it in my mind was a verb and it was usually used in my company to mean um, assault someone, to harm them. And when you're not sexualized, you have no other context for what that word might mean. Uh, I've also heard in locker rooms males talk about um, uh, the sexual act itself and whether or not they would uh, uh, go down on a woman. And so the language was always very um, provocative to me, you know, um, because half of the males would say they would never do it and that's not a real man, and then the other half would say, well, uh, you never, you, you, you don't know what you're missing. 
So what I find is the um, the 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 inhibition uh, greatly um, impacted a relationship, an intimate relationship. Uh, the last half of the book, there were lots of stories about um, interludes, excuse me, interludes about dinner and licking words. Uh, in fact, there were two on licking, and I, I like those because that is a part of sex that I personally enjoy, especially if it's reciprocated. Now, that's what I think about lovemaking anyway, that it's two people who care and love one another to the extent that they share their bodies and that they're uninhibited. So breaking the chains of language taboos is really important. So, uh, so Wayne, Wayne, are you saying that you think that the language that I used in the interlude, in a sense, served a purpose? It, it wasn't just to describe, but it, it did some other things. Oh, it did many things. For me, it was, one, it was modeling. Mm-hmm. Here's how this can be used in play between adults. Isn't it mm-hmm. artful? Isn't it exhilarating? Don't you think it adds to the experience? I think, well, that's, that was apparent for me immediately. What, what was a surprise for me is how much it made me reflect on my own history and attitudes towards the words, because I consider myself to be a mature, seasoned, experienced, been in the world, got eight grandkids, uh, grandchildren person. So I should not be affected by language that strongly, but I still find that I respond to it. And the context that you gave, that you placed these words in in your book also gave permission. Mm-hmm. It, it modeled, it gave permission. It took the stigma off of it. You know, being people of color, stigma is everywhere and sometimes we don't feel like we're paying attention to it, but we, we are, it's just that we have developed thick skin or we have developed strategies or we know how to, we have this patent reaction to it. So I have mm-hmm. my patent reaction to hearing people say certain words in public, which have a totally different effect than if that person, if I were saying that we're hearing that word in intimacy. Absolutely. I still feel the charge in public, even though, National, you know, it seems like across the world people are, are trying to reform a certain language. 
But intimacy, it's secret and it's private. And, and unless the relationship goes bad, they are treasured. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have used uh, um, all the language that I see in pure pleasure in privacy. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. of it. And Do you have any without, questions for me, Wayne? Yes. Um, I know you and how your speech uh, iterations go. After all this time of you editing my book, uh, <laughs> they're afraid, they're outbursts, they're exclamations that you make that I find and discover in your book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, very short sentences that are making a point, reactions, and it, it, you know, I know this is not autobiographical, but a product of the imagination. I was listening to this special on Toni Morrison um, the other day, the other night, and she talks about the power of words and language, specifically the power of a word and what it can do to a life. And so my question is, did you by design put your style and your way, your mannerism in there, or were you conscious of, of doing it? It's an interesting question. Um, one of the things, it, when I write, I generally have an idea and then I get out of the way and let the character or the characters take over. But I think um, one of the guidelines that I set for myself was I wanted to use words that I believe people use in those intimate moments. And I was fiercely um, determined not to use the, the biological terms, not to use the directional terms, I'm going down there, things like that, that I wanted to be able, I wanted within myself to be comfortable for the, the, the characters to say exactly what the words were that I believe that people say, that over the years as people talk, as you see things in movies, as you read books, um, that, that there are words that are special, that are delicious to, to sexual activity that I think I'm trying to, through the work, embrace those words. I, so the freedom that I have as an individual at this point in my life to say and do, I'm sure that that in some way was interspersed in the empowering of the women in the book. I didn't, I didn't start out wanting it to be a book from the woman's perspective. That feedback came back to me after others had read the book. But Oh, I definitely, I definitely thought that your, 
your women were powerful throughout your book. Mm. That is crystal clear. Well, and the challenge, you know, for me for the second book is to try to see if I can challenge myself to put my thinking in a man's head and come out with words that a man would feel comfortable to say. Do Mm. men say this or that? Do they do this or that? That's the challenge because I don't want to write in a formulaic Mm -hmm. fashion that that everybody Mm. knows at this stage, this is what's going to happen, and at that stage, that's going to happen. That right. I, I want my imagination to be more rich than that. And so I'm yes. setting up challenges for myself to say, okay, you didn't talk about toys in the first book, and you didn't talk about issues related to aging. You know, uh. let's mix some of that in as I write the second group of interludes. So, yeah, I, I well, guess my own kind of personality is in it, not so much my life, but my personality yes. is in it. Yes, yes. Well, Any last, you know the, we're going to have to, go ahead. Sure, sure. You know, um, uh, again, the women are strong, and I feel the women's voices are strong, and their experience and point of view is strong, because they don't appear inhibited. You have a few interludes where uh, the woman is taking direction, like mm-hmm. when they, the break-in, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the majority of them, she is initiating and she's enjoying herself and she is all in. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what makes intimacy so wonderful it's two people all in they're into each other yes absolutely well thank you so much we'll have to chat about this again i look forward to it but okay um, that's all the time we have for this segment thank you so much wayne be safe and well okay take care bye-bye friends out there My last guest is a sister friend of mine who has agreed to talk to us about her thoughts on reading my book, Pure Pleasure, a collection of erotic interludes. Hi, how are you? I am fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm glad that you're able to take the time to chat with me for a few about your thoughts and your reactions to my book, Uh Pure pleasure yes so when you're ready you just begin and when I have a question or something I'll jump in how's that okay yes thank you very much um again thank you for uh basically giving me the book really um and it was interesting to read it's an interesting read for sure um I had I, I had some good good times reading the book and it was um it, it was a it was a I would say it was an eye opener for me because there's not that many people who, where um, from my from my perspective that I've met that have been have actually tried to read or have been even comfortable reading um, these kind of erotica books. But I think mm-hmm. it's because of how sometimes the perception of what is being what is going to be written or how or how it's written. Um, mm-hmm. 
the one thing I enjoyed about the book is the way it, it's the transition from one from one element to another, from one chapter to another. And um, like my favorite, my favorite really was the uh, the, my, the the pure pleasure chapter. And one of the things that just struck me is that I, I'm a I'm a, I love Kenny G. So that that got me right there. Ah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that, there, there you go. Um, so that that was one of the things, but it's a transition from one from one um, element to another, and the book itself. Sometimes people feel that when you read the books like this, they might be, uh, lack of a better word, word um, to either raw or or gross, um, but. This book is very, very well written in the sense that you could, you could, you you could feel the um, the passion of the writer, okay. and it's nothing that is is um, uh, nothing uncomfortable to read. Let's put it that way. Okay. It might be some things might be a little bit, you know, off other people's elements when it comes to uh, fantasies. Uh, but again, it's it's a very it's a very well written book in the sense that you can you can see the expression and the passion of the writer. It is not just it's not just um, uh, 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 how should I put it? I'm trying to look for the opposite of passion. That is not bad, but it's not 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 um, sort of functional or automatic. Yes, yes. Yes. So, and so when when you I love, go ahead. Yeah, I, I love the again the elements of the way the passion gets from when it's from where the passion is beginning to where it's actually it, it it acclimates to a point where you can you don't feel you don't feel gross. Let's put it that way. You feel gross? you you feel gross. Yeah, you don't feel gross mm-hmm. and feel oh my god, what is this? It actually uh-huh. it, it's it, it makes you it makes you feel that that is something real and nothing that mm-hmm. is outside anybody's probably um, thinking. So okay. Okay. that that's one of the things that I I was very uh, interested in when re- reading the book. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. think about um, and and I think this is important when you say sometimes people think that dealing very in a straightforward way about sex, about sexual situations, that sometimes uh-huh. the reaction could be, yeah, well, that's great. Uh-huh. 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 But you're saying that was not your reaction, I think. Is that no, what you're saying? No, no. Yeah, and that wasn't my reaction. Because I don't want to bash books. Um, or mm-hmm. I like I read I read I I'm not a very good reader I don't like reading as much so it has to be interesting for me to read <laughs> so that's why I was saying <laughs> okay. this book was very well, well it was actually it was calling for you to read next and to know what's going on next and that was mm-hmm. the same thing as when I was reading again I don't read as much but because everybody was reading the book um, the Fifty Shades of Grey. There was a story mm-hmm. behind, but there's some things you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, 
And that's in just mm-hmm. reading the book. And, um, and again, I, I got to read the books and then went and watched a movie, which um, th- that's a different, you know, conversation. But mm-hmm. it's the way... It's, it's a way when you read something and you don't get that uh, you get oh. There are two different there are two different reactions like oh okay, as opposed so to I'm going to oh. take a risk now. Uh, okay, you ready? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned Fifty Shades, and I I think yes. what you're saying is you you read the book or at least some of it, and then you saw the movie. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yes. And with Fifty Shades reading it, were you comfortable? It, okay, I was comfortable, but I, there were some some areas where I was, you, you know you can read something and you have this thing because you have to pass that to understand what's going on next. And you right. kind of feel that there are parts of the book that you feel like, oh, oh, wow, okay, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. And it's, that that's and it's 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 a it's a it's a type that was a type of um uh I would say sexual um uh, uh elements that were in that book which really they they were to the extreme where you feel a little bit cringed by it and not okay. I mean not very in a passionate way but you know like oh okay. But with this, it is not. It didn't make me feel that way. So I, I, in I, the I, I, story, I'm going to take the risk. Yes. In the story that had some of those elements in it, did you find uh-huh. that unappealing? Well, yeah, it, it wasn't. And again, I think most for for the most part, all the whole book was you don't you did it wasn't having that many areas of that type of that right. that type of sexual um, sexual interest. Um, the mm-hmm. one thing I know I remember I was I was reading it I got cringed a little bit and it was it was the uh, the stranger chapter. Yes. And I was that one was a little bit strange. And towards the end, I was like, "Oh, it's a dream. Good." <laughs> right. So I think you know she was working through something that she was fearful of. Exactly. As the writer, what I was trying to do was to frame it in such a way about fear and how one handles fear, and then when you can get control. And then she realized, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm not ready. And, and yeah. that that's okay. And that that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I think it's the fact that it was a stranger who mm-hmm. actually had had a gun. Yeah. And I guess there are two and there are two schools of thought in this. There's the fact that um, she she felt she felt the touch of the gun and the coldness, and that was something that was a little bit arousing, but she was still mm-hmm. scared, but yet she, mm-hmm. yet she was actually feeling some type of pleasure. And that was, for me, it was a little bit um, on, the, like the, on the edgy side. I was like, oh, wow, I would just <laughs> probably kick it. <laughs> I would kick it and probably be shot by then. But, um, 
but, but and that, that was interesting. That was an interesting take because it started making me think of, hmm, um, you, that showed that, that, that extreme fear in the issue that she was dealing with now that you're so, talking mm-hmm. about that. And that makes mm-hmm. sense because you're really scared of something to a point where you feel that you have to be in that, that edge to try to go there. Right, so exactly. that, that that was an interesting chapter. <laughs> that was well, an interesting said. chapter. Thank you. You know, yeah. it's helpful to me as the writer to hear the struggle that you went through, but that you uh-huh. kept reading and then got to a place where you say, okay, yeah, yeah. I get it. That's uh-huh. fabulous. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a fabulous place. Yeah, and the the one the, the the French thing of the day that that was that was funny, um, <laughs> that was funny to me because uh, so, uh, I was just thinking about the fact that uh, you know of course the Eastern types the Eastern type toilets usually have the the hoses, mm-hmm. so you can imagine somebody instead of having a bidet that is electronic, but you could have a hose. So that it was right. interesting. Let me ask you, um, Mm -hmm. did the language disturb you in any way? Was that an issue for you? No, it it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. And um, and I I see what you're saying because it's it's a the the use of words and where they used make it much, mm-hmm. they made me comfortable too. I mean, they made me, it was, it was just a word um, mm-hmm. that would not, I mean, if say instead of, instead of saying pussy, you say vagina, that mm-hmm. it wouldn't have, I mean, it wouldn't have given the context of the story. Right, exactly. The reason so, I asked is because when you were talking about Fifty Shades, you were saying raw, and yeah. for me, I, I wonder sometimes if people will get that feeling, that thought from what I write. Um, uh, I choose the words because I want people to be in the moment. Yes. And my thought is that in the moment, we don't use biological terms and, and sort exactly. of exactly. You know, little girl words. Mm-hmm. And so I, mm-hmm. I want to make that talkable. I want people to get to a place of comfort because I think, you know, it's not the kind of thing folks sit down and talk that much about, but <clears throat> if the situation is right, the people are right, then I think it's a situation where we can learn from one another. Yep. You know, yeah. if we felt comfortable. Yeah, and, so. yeah exactly. And the thing is, uh, when I say raw, I think it's not, it's not the word. Sometimes you might use a word that is very vocal, but it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It's the type mm-hmm. of writing. It's the introduction, to, the introduction to, um, to the scene, the way the scene is being built. So that word doesn't, it becomes part of the story okay, as opposed to good. become a word that actually would, would um, make you feel uncomfortable because really it's the whole story, it's the whole story that you have to look at and not a word. And that's how I felt about it. I wasn't mm-hmm. looking at individuals, oh, 
this this word has been used here. Oh my God, what is this? It was right. the story that it builds up to it, and that's what, like you're saying. Biological terms won't really work at that posi- at that point, and it wouldn't mm-hmm. give that you know built up because if you use a biological uh, word, then I'm gonna stop and think about it and then move on. But if it's yeah. a word that is you know out for lack of a better way, a slang that is just being used in that, it, it gives it the flow. Yes. And it gives it more of that, of that whether it's a passionate or whether it's mm-hmm. just this rough, um, rough, uh, rough, edgy uh, scene or uh, whether it's, a, you know, whichever scene, it, gi- it becomes mm-hmm. part of the story. And it gives it much more, much more um, structure. It gives it much more body and meaning. And that's how I looked at it. Hmm. Do you yeah. have any questions for me about the book? Um, the actually, yes, I actually have a question. Um, I think most of my thinking is, uh, and, and growing up, I've always, I've always been interested in passionate reading or watching. You know, I, I watch everything, but of course, you know, chick flicks. You, 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 mm-hmm. you like these romantic. Um, uh, uh, novels or romantic movies and things like that. Um, how did you do your research in putting uh, putting this book together? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of things in there that were very very interesting in the sense that yes, there are fantasies and some of them uh, could be you know something that is real. But how did you do your research to get to um, to put this book together? Great question. I started writing years ago, and it was because I began to read the classics in erotica. Mm -hmm. I read um, Mm -hmm. many of the anthologies, and I was Uh always left feeling like something was missing, like like Mm -hmm. the, 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 the major interactions were pale in comparison to what I was envisioning. For, I mean, mm-hmm. people would say things like, go south, go down there, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. And I, I just, even in Fifty Shades, I, I yeah. found some of the language was a roundabout instead of being as direct as I would want it to be. And mm-hmm. so I said, mm-hmm. I said, I want to write something where they say the word. Yeah. I want to have an opportunity because as I came up, I found that even friends I'd had for years and years, we never really talked about sex. Mm. And I felt that we hadn't given ourselves permission to do it. Yep. And so yep. when I started writing, I said, I'm, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to say the words and we'll see what happens. And mm-hmm. so I started. And I have some childhood friends that I've known since I was 10 years old. And mm-hmm. I started sharing with them the reading. Mm-hmm. I would read to them. And they were like, girl, you go ahead. Oh, we love this. Yeah. And I thought, well, yeah. okay. But then the question becomes, what do you write about? Yes. And the truth of the matter is, at least in my experience, if you write only about what you know, you run out of material. Yes, you do. So what I decided was I would use my imagination, you Uh know, to say, 
well, if I were going to try this, how would I want it to go? Mm. Once the idea comes, you get out of the way, and, and it kind of takes over. And the characters wow. put the words in your, in your pen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, it was, um, it was one of, this is one of the few books I've read that are um, that explicit but very much, very much comforting to read. Mm. And, I mean, you, you want to go to page by page without feeling, without feeling any, I would say, kind of like embarrassment or like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. what is this? But it's, it's something that, and I love the transition from one, from one, stage, from one stage to another. It, it, it just flowed very well for me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, this has yeah. been very, very good, and hopefully the listeners, will enjoy this, and maybe they'll text me with some questions, which we can yes. deal with the next time. So thank you so Absolutely. much. Really I'm looking forward to the next book. Me too. Okay. <laughs> be safe and be well. Yes, you Take too. Care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Well, folks, that's it for this podcast about my book, Pure Pleasure, a collection of erotic interludes. Thank you so much for your attention. I hope that you enjoyed the conversations as much as I did. We will hopefully continue these, but it would really help if you have comments or questions, if you could text me or email me and let me know what else you would like to hear more about. There's lots in the book. There are other topics about erotica that I'd love to be able to share with you. And let's see how that goes. If you want to text me, it's at 850-273-8408. 850-273-8408. If you have comments or suggestions about topics, you can reach me at Hayes Educational Consulting, one word, at gmail.com. Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S, Educational Consulting at gmail.com. If you're interested in hearing more about my book, you can reach me at Pure Pleasure Erotica, one word, at gmail.com. That's Pure Pleasure Erotica at gmail.com. I am certainly looking forward to hearing from you. Take care. Be safe, be well, till next time.